quack back flicks or flash quack flicks, whichever you like better. We have to go back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 1986, uh, some would call the movie, uh, Howard the Duck. Ricky, do you want to explain why we, um, Listen, we, we've done this thing? Listen, we thought Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Back in the Habit, is going to be in theaters. So, let's review another Marvel property due to Easter eggs from the other Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Howard the Duck. And we thought, this is going to be fun, SEO is going to be great, we're going to be relevant, no one's going to regret this choice. I was wrong. (laughs) And we still maintain at Flashback Flicks that every movie is a miracle. Yes. But some miracles (laughs) are more impressive than others. You spent so much time figuring out if you could do a thing, and you didn't stop to ask if you should. So, exactly. anyway. So, where, where do we begin, Ricky? Um, let's begin with some history. Uh, so, Howard the Duck uh, was released uh, by Lucasfilms in 1986. It is very loosely based on the Marvel comic book property of the same name, Howard the Duck. Uh, which was actually a very popular comic in the 70s. And like Howard the Duck was like one of the more popular comics during that era. And it was a surrealist comic book. Uh, he broke the fourth wall, um, had a lot of really great social commentary, all of which does not appear in the film. Basically, the history is that uh, during this time, George Lucas wanted to um, basically recoup a lot of money Um, back from his recent divorce. He wanted to produce Howard the Duck, and uh, it was directed by someone who... This ended up being their final film. Like, uh, Willard Hayek. He had, like... kind of sounds like Duck. (laughs) It really does. Yeah, Willard Hayek, he he had done a couple of other great movies. He had uh, created the screenplays for American Graffiti, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, those movies and then he did uh, a couple of movies that did not do well uh he did uh, best defense um starring um dudley moore and yeah. uh yeah with um and on the poster of this it says strategically guest star eddie murphy uh <laughs> so <laughs> you know that that's just perfect. Uh, and then he did Howard the Duck, uh, which just t- just did not do well at all in the box office. Now, it didn't do Pluto Nash bad. Um, it just it more or less broke even. It had a $36 million budget, $6 million of which went solely to the duck suit. And then it made $38 million in the box office. Uh, and the movie did so poorly, it didn't get made to DVD until 2009 um, because unsurprisingly no one was asking for it Mm. Um, supply and demand right Uh, and the movie did um, so poorly that um, George Lucas was just heavily in debt 
Um, and he had just built an expansion of Skywalker Ranch, and he was trying to just recoup his money because, you know, show business. Um, and he was counting on the movie to do well because this is the first Marvel movie, you guys. Like, the first um, studio, big studio Marvel movie. There have been, like, Captain America movies that were, like, significantly lower budgets that was basically like evil could evil the movie but it just so happens to be captain america but this is like the first big budget uh marvel movie but it didn't it bombed um and so george lucas had to sell off his assets just to stay afloat um so he sold off his recently um launched cgi animation division um to one of his good friends steve jobs and that studio became Pixar. So Howard the Duck, out of the ashes, rose the phoenix of Pixar. Howard the phoenix. <laughs> so um, so that is a little bit of good that came from the movie. It was the highest grossing Marvel film until Blade. Because, like, because there wasn't really a Marvel movie before, so it was not difficult to beat that. I think for those people who uh, didn't watch Howard the Duck and don't really have like a mental picture of what this is, yeah. we can briefly walk through a synopsis just so that you have all the pieces in place to form yeah. a mental picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you if you just look on Wikipedia, um, they'll they'll have a plot section. Um, that's mm. very generous of them to call it that, um, but. Here's the premise. So, like we said, the comic is based off of the surrealist comic. It's like a surrealist comic book um, about this duck that just exists in our world. He does have the. He does come from a home planet of ducks, um, and he does basically show up on Earth, um, Superman style, but not whole world destructive. He was like abducted from his planet, and then he ends up finding his way on Earth. Um, but that's kind of where the departure from the comic begins so here is a brief synopsis of howard the duck howard the duck lives on a planet not too much unlike our own where everything is duck based literally the first 10 minutes of the movie not even 10 minutes the first five minutes of the movie it's just howard the duck coming home from duck work and just a series of duck puns just littered across the screen mm -hmm. just everywhere they're like <laughs> they want you to know that he lives in the duck world and instead of flash dance they have splash dance instead of raiders raiders of the lost ark they have breeders of the lost stork and just other things like that uh just littered across the screen and then there's this beam that takes Howard the Duck away from his home through all of these buildings. Um, and <sighs> there's duck nudity in the movie. Yeah, that was very upsetting. And, um, and this is duck a P nudity. This is a PG movie. Doesn't count if it's an animal. <laughs> I guess guess not. Apparently, I guess those are the rules. Yeah. Them's the rule. This came out just two years after they created uh, the PG-13 label. Raiders of the Lost Ark is actually the first movie that basically created the PG-13 uh, rating mm. um, in 1984. And so it was just so new that they were like, ah, I don't know. I guess, fine, PG. And I... <laughs> 
<laughs> like duck nudity. We didn't plan for duck nudity. <sighs> I guess. Okay, PG this time, but from here on out, no more. Which, unsurprisingly, has not been a problem. Um, <laughs> and so then he gets uh, sent to Earth. And then it's it's a fish out of water story, basically. Um, but just it's one of those movies that kind of has just a bunch of stuff happening. There's no real cause or effect. She's like, "Oh, Howard the Duck lands in this land," and everyone's like freaking out that he's a duck. Some people are fine with him being a duck. They're like, "Hey, look, it's a talking duck. Let's go into this bar." <laughs> like, oh, all right, and then. He runs into our uh, lead character, uh, Leah Thompson, um, who plays, um, I, I completely forgot, what, Bre- Beverly. Beverly. Um, and she is a musician, which is relevant uh, because they had to have a soundtrack song for Howard the Duck at the end. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, and so basically he just goes through all these random happenstances including trying to get a job um and working at a hot tub um emporium i guess um sure i feel like there's less of focus on the hot tubs and more about uh i think they were selling the activities in the hot tubs yeah like a like a hot tub brothel you know yeah <laughs> it it was upsetting yeah and so basically um the loose plot air quotes is that uh howard the duck lands on earth and then turns out these scientists were doing sciencey things and accidentally brought him to earth and so they tried to send him back but there's a planet of demons um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they accidentally brought back again so because there's just a ton of exposition in this movie they're like so howard how'd you get here well we were working on this experiment (laughs) It's just like, oh, I gotta sit down. It's just like, well, there's this plan. Like, hey, so the demons uh, possess the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm-hmm. and that explains his unpleasant misdemeanor in Ferris Bueller. Um, and so then the demon kind of needs energy, so he goes to these power plants and tries to bring back his other family of demons. And so basically, Howard the Duck comes in to save the day. Antics happen. He gets chased by the police, and um, and then he saves the day from the actually really well done claymation uh, little monster demons. That was um, a scary monster. That was a terrifying monster. So actually, after the demon gets blasted by this science ray, he rem- is removed from the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, and is actually like this giant demon crawling monster um and then to destroy him howard destroys his only portal um back home uh to stop the demons and then he lives on earth as a band manager to um beverly's band and he has this whole ending scene and song and dance to the theme called howard the duck well synopsis, Ricky. Thanks. Uh, let's get into our reactions, shall we? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we said, like we we've said this before. We don't want to be a podcast where we just rag on movies. That's too easy. It's too, too easy. It's just too easy. And this 
movie's making it real difficult. But I will say this. It is terrible. But only because <laughs> uh, I, because I, like the thing that this movie did for me is it really had me look at like what the source material was. And the, the original source material is like really good. Like, uh, there's this moment in um, Howard the Duck has been, like, he just kind of shows up in all these different random Marvel properties. Like, ever since the movie came out, he kind of, like, faded into the background. But he's still, like, an in-canon Marvel character. In fact, due to his appearance in uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, like, he has, like, a new title, like, currently out that's really good. Like, he has a detective agency. Um, and mm. he just has a lot of really great, funny moments. Disney, uh, prior to their purchase of Marvel, um, had pr- troubles with Howard the Duck. Because uh, in the comics, he basically looks like Donald Duck. Like, he's a pantsless, walking, talking duck. Um, and so they kind of they committed him to wearing pants just to uh, differentiate. And so there's this moment in Marvel Zombies where um, uh, Marvel Zombies is a property, but elsewhere, Elseworld property, where basically Marvel comics, but Walking Dead. Um, and there's this one scene where Howard the Duck shows up and they say, you're a talking duck wearing pants. And Howard says, my lawyers tell me I've always wore pants. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great, funny little moment. And... And then you see Howard the Duck, and you're like, you got that from that? Mm. This was originally supposed to be an animated movie, but they basically didn't have enough time. Like They really wanted to make the movie be released at this point in time, and it was cheaper and quicker. With a $2 million duck suit? Yes. It was cheaper cheaper and quicker for them to make a live-action movie than to animate it, which I think an animated version would have been basically – it would have been Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Before, like, Lucas could have done that. (laughs) It would have been amazing. Well, and, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been that great. Like, if they just, if the only difference was that the movie was animated, I don't know how great it would have been. Those are my, I don't even know if that was, like, a full thought. But my first reaction is that it's, it was, it was a movie that made me want to look into the source material, which I thought was really good. Totally. I've been wanting to see Howard Duck for a long time just because I have heard a bunch of different things about it. It's like, you know what? I'll wait and form my own opinions about it. And what I heard was fairly accurate. Um, <laughs> and you're right about like the resurgence after Guardians of the Galaxy because I had largely forgotten about this movie's existence until he showed up in the Easter egg uh, after the first Guardians. And I was like, huh, I wonder if the end of this movie somehow justifies why he is, like, in the collector's showroom. And that's what I was waiting to see, and it <laughs> never really happened. You just kind of have to, like, agree that, okay, he exists in the world, and he's an oddity and would be collected. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to that logic... There's a whole planet of them. So that's what I was also wondering is like, is it actually Howard or is it just another person that occupies the duck world? But it seems to be Howard based on his clothes and the way he talks and his drinking. Yep. Yeah. I think it's Howard. Yeah. I, 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 cause I, 
vaguely remember seeing like trailers for Howard the Duck playing on like TV as a kid, but like I never really like wanted to see the movie. Um, I remember the Nostalgia Critic reviewed it and he he made a comment about <laughs> the uh, duck nudity scene and he's just like, I'm sorry, what? You, no, you are three minutes in the movie and this is what, what is happening? Uh, and so I just, I, 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 that's my only kind of connection to it. I'm just like, yeah, how did this movie get, get even get made? And it's, it's one of those movies where I can easily see how they could have made it a stronger movie. Um, and it largely has to do with them just getting rid of the exposition. Oh, yeah. There, there's a bunch of small choices that can be made. And th- so that, to answer the original question, that was my reaction of it. it's so close to being something that could have been successful. Um, for some yeah. reason, I always thought Tim Burton was attached to the project. I don't know why <laughs> I thought that. Uh, because the claymation monster looked like Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's it. That's probably why. Yeah, it's, I mean, because like I think the cool the cool thing about the movie is that the, it had these little moments. It's just like, yeah, I've always been told that like Howard was again during exposition. He's talking with um, Beverly. He's like, yeah, my parents always told me just get a good job, just do this, that, the other. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So we're gonna kind of see him kind of rise to be this person who he wants to be. Nope. He just a bunch of stuff happens and he's just upset that he's on earth and that he's the only duck that that's around and he's upset about it. And then apparently he pay, plays the piano and, 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 and he gets into lots of bar fights. Those uh, things are consistent in the um, like dual evolutionary process. Yeah. That we yeah. still create pianos. <laughs> we still get into bar fights. Yeah. So really, he's right at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, that I mean, that's really my main reaction. Like I said, I don't want to harp too much more on um, the negative things about the movie because it's it's one of those really bizarre uh, properties that kind of have because like th- there are a lot of movies like this. Some people would say like the uh, the Daredevil movie or the, the first Daredevil movie. Um, or I should say the only Daredevil movie so far, um, and the first Fantastic Four movie was similar, where it was like they say, "Hey, well, let's make a movie about this property that we kind of know about," and um, and it's it's one of those things where they use the they use the property and they try to make it their own without paying too much attention to the original, I guess, where mm-hmm. it doesn't create its own version that's different enough like for example who framed roger rabbit who framed roger rabbit took the concept of the original property and then made something entirely its own and it made sense um and they built this world out and it was a really great concept and they were able to build on it i think that this movie tried to make their own story without it without fully world building or without fully um giving it the heart that I think it needed um, for it to be like a very, very strong film. Like I think for us to have wanted to root for Howard, um, he would have needed to be more likable. 
Yeah, at least seeing some interaction with another duck person in his world so that we see like we see a lot of pictures but that's not the same as like seeing how he feels about those pictures uh, or the people in those pictures uh, so that we feel that pull of he wants to get home for this reason rather than just it's my home right um, yeah it, it probably would help motivate his actions a little more yeah i really think that he like if you kind of look at guardians of the galaxy i think if he you have like Rocket Raccoon, who mm-hmm. is kind of he's a lot like Howard in a lot of ways, but he has Groot who like grounds him and you see who he's very sympathetic towards and listens to. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think that you need you needed that kind of um character dynamic, I believe, at least. Yeah. It kind of balances out. Yeah. What I do really like though is seeing Leah Thompson so close to like the back to the future times this was her second movie after back to the future they hadn't even shot back to the future 2 yet oh really yeah so huh. this is like early early days um and you see a lot of the same characterization like the the way she pulls out her sentences a little longer like that's a very thing or like the back talk um not not to the extent of like Jeff Goldblum, but Leah Thompson does that as well, and it's like a very specific acting choice that she has when she delivers lines. It's like I can see Lorraine, <laughs> um, but that part was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and it was really cool. Um, this is uh, probably the most obscure of references, um, but it was really cool to see uh, Holly Robinson Pete. Uh, she was one of the band members. Um, and Leah Thompson's band, but this was her film debut, and people might recognize her more from Hanging in Mr. Cooper. Um, she oh. and she was in Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and then she was also in this show on uh, the WB a while ago. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Oh yeah, it was called For Your Love. Um, but she is currently in Chicago Fire, or was. In the series Chicago Fire, um, as uh, Tamara Jones, um, also in Mike and Molly, um, and so, oh, and also Officer Judy Hoffs in Twenty One Jump Street. But yeah, she was in um, she was in a couple of things that I grew up loving, uh, mainly Hanging with Mr. Cooper. But that was her film debut. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I, she looked really familiar, and I was like, who? is that and yeah she was vanessa hanging with mr cooper Cooper. hang in apostrophe w slash mr period cooper that's the one the very same one in the same sorry i lost my mind for a moment (laughs) oh no guys it's it, I I don't know what's happening. I, my chair's being blasted off into the head cannon. Oh. In a world where everyone's head is a cannon. <laughs> it's my home. Uh, <laughs> uh, head cannon is the part of the show where we share our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um. Wow, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> here's what I was because of the whole Disney thing. Um, here's what I 
was like, as the movie was ending, I was like, you know what would have made more sense if they would have just had Howard the Duck in the movie with him, like because the, they had the whole story of like, yeah, my parents told me to like get a good job and. Uh, he ends up working in marketing. Like, I just would have loved if he was just like an artist and he just like started like doing duck doodles. And he's like, oh, wow, that's a really good cartoon duck. I'm just like, these are caricatures. He's like, these aren't caricatures. Like, these are like, I'm, I'm doing a great job. Like, this is like a portrait kind of thing. And yeah. then by the end of the movie, he would have become a cartoonist. And then he just wrote the Disney afternoon lineup. He's just like, yeah, I created DuckTales. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> Darkwing Duck, uh, Quack Pack. I mean, it was ambitious, but, you know, like, I just would have loved, like, my headcan is, like, the idea that, like, after this movie, he just became, like, a cartoonist and just start, started, he just was really good at drawing ducks because that is, like, <laughs> that's who he knows how to draw. Or he gets really good at drawing a, um, like a human, so like we doodle ducks, but they doodle humans. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That so he, great. He's like drawing a picture of Hickey from Community. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> but you're right. Use use what you know, <laughs> which is a land full of ducks. Um, for my head canon, mine's more about the theory as to why they exist and i know tim robbins has his own theory of evolution he kind of good dinosaurs it where he's (laughs) like they evolved from a duck rather than from uh an ape so my my theory this is without any connection to the other um like the source material just what i was given in the movie was that the beam didn't do exactly what they thought it did um which was they think that it went to another planet and pulled it in. But a la Planet of the Apes, any of them, just picture any mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. all 20 of them or whatever, um, <laughs> that beam was actually reaching through time and accessing a an ancient version of Earth that the mm. duck world actually existed on Earth, had like a society that eventually crumbled and then connects to the theory that dinosaurs were actually closer to birds than we think. So that the ducks were the predecessors to dinosaurs, basically. Hmm. Um, and you get to see a picture of the Earth whenever you, like, whenever Howard is pulled out of it. And it's, um, it's like oblong, it's egg-shaped, basically, um, with two moons. And so, but you still pass like Saturn and all the other ones. So the idea is that it's the same solar system. Um, it's just that the the Earth hasn't gone through enough, um, like, I don't know what you would call it, but like friction or, or like it hasn't, it hasn't rounded out enough from the gravitational pull. And the two moons are also causing a pull on one end to make it egg shape. When the asteroid hits, it actually breaks one of the moons apart which becomes our milky way asteroid belt and that single moon uh dynamic between earth and moon is what rounds out earth to make it spherical um kind of like the the world mashing machine at the end of man of steel but instead of a giant machine it's a moon Hmm. um so when they send that beam out they're actually pulling him from the past into our present day but his future 
and so it is actually more of a a planet of the apes style story so i would have loved for that realization to occur um and that that ultimately was the headcanon of just like it is our planet and so for him to have discovered like something that was buried or like he see like there's an archaeological dig that uncovers his old apartment like whatever it is um i think that would have been an interesting angle to go again i don't know how they explain it in the source material it, it could be closer to this where it's just from another planet yeah. but i think playing with the time dynamic uh could have helped too because then it also would have been like howard actually you're not like a different species you're us just like billions of years in the past yeah um i think it would have been interesting that's really good when Beverly says, like, yeah, we're on Earth, I think that I was just like, that's all I needed. <laughs> I think that this is not Earth, or at least not our Earth. Um, inside the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, or inside the Marvel Universe, there are multiple Earths. Um, mm-hmm. Or I guess universes. Earth is DC. Sorry, nerds. Um, but there, there is, uh, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has exists in its own universe. That's Earth or Marvel Universe 616. And I think that this is a version of Earth, but not our Earth. Um, ooh, no. Take it back. Take it back entirely. Swipe everything I was saying before, um, except for the things that are relevant to what I'm about to say. <laughs> Uh, Howard the Duck exists in the Marvel Cinematic 616 universe because they, the scientists, like, they blew up that big portal, but um, little do they know that Thor has, you know, his Asgardian portal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that would make sense because if on Earth they accidentally transported him there, um, it would make sense as to an Asgard, which exists on another plane um, has a very similar machine that is actually perfected. Like they, they didn't mess it up kind of thing. And so I do think that uh, he is like the Howard, the duck that we see um, in guardians is this Howard, the duck. Um, And he just looks different because he ages very well. (laughs) ages and duck years yeah which uh which i yeah i just think that that i think that that would exist because like the whole running gag with um you know the comic is that uh howard the duck just kind of runs into um these random superheroes um like she hulk and um and he's just short-tempered and just imagine um (laughs) imagine uh like the retired cop trope of just like oh i'm getting too old for this stuff and he just like keeps on like getting into these misadventures where he's never really because he doesn't have any superpowers or any great skill except for being a master in quack foo um but like i just like he just keeps on showing up so i would love because i basically he's like the r2d2 and c3po of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's just like he he just shows up and is like, hey, it's Howard. What are you doing here? Um, and they they don't they play like very minor 
like roles throughout the movies, but the movies aren't about them per se. Yeah. Yeah. How upset do you think people will be when they discover that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is actually secretly a Howard the Duck? <laughs> the trailers was just all the scenes that they are in, but it's really Howard the Duck. Oh, man. If they play the... If, like, <laughs> Star Wars puts on his cassette, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Star-Lord and crew get wiped out in the first five minutes. The rest of it is Howard the Duck. Picking up the pieces. Oh, that'd be amazing. All right, so now we're going to go into the part of the show where we talk about recasts and remakes. If this movie, by some miracle, would be to re- be remade today, um, who would be cast and what would the story be all about? Well, I think for Beverly, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Yes. It's just going to be Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I would honestly say Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. That'd be good, too. Yeah. Or, ooh, ooh. You know what? <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I didn't have much more, but I, uh, <laughs> if it were be made today, it would have to be within that cinematic universe. And so it has to make sense there. I don't think it would the story would have to connect to the larger Marvel story. So it would be like Spider-Man homecoming where Tony Stark is heavily prevalent. Like I think it would exist in the guardians world and he would basically be like one of the guardians of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Um, But he would have to take the mantle from probably rocket um, kind of like a, 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 a captain America, like passing the shield kind of thing. Right. Um, and so I, that's the only way I really would see it being made today or animated like the, the original intent. Um, I could see either one of those. I could actually see it being, um, the, the first Marvel Pixar crossover where it's a, a Pixar film that they develop, especially with Steve Jobs's involvement in kind of the financials of it. Um, that I would actually really like to see. Yeah, that'd be great. And I I really think that um, just the storyline of Howard. Oh, first off, Howard would be played by season one, Luca Modern Family. Given. Um, and he would, I think the storyline would be, it would be less focused on the whole, uh, like basically, you know, the movie um, Boss Baby, right? Yeah. It would be Boss Baby, but Howard the Duck. Mm. Um, basically like, like they don't focus on the backstory that much. It's just like, Hey, so there's this duck that just lives like he, cause I think in the new series, he's like a pr- private investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, he's just like a duck PI. <laughs> and, uh, the reason why he's able to do, oh my gosh. Yes. Even better. Forget everything I said, except for the relevant things I'm about to say. Howard the duck. Marvel Netflix series. Oh yeah. So would it take place in New York? It would. It would. And so you have all these other people with abilities, and then you have Howard the Duck, and mm. it's just like the series of him um, being a PI. Imagine Jessica Jones, except for it being really, really dark with a lot of heavy content. Howard the Duck. Okay. And so 
he's just he's like a pi and it's kind of like a comedy but he he's just really good at his job he's like yeah back on my on my plan i was a really good private investigator or just like i could always pay attention to details or whatever and uh and he just like goes around <laughs> getting information from people and uh he's just he's just a duck and people are just like this is weird right and he's just like ah you see, he's just like more annoyed than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I would love that. Imagine Archer, but instead of Archer, Howard the Duck. <laughs> I would actually really like to see that. To to plus one off that, I I like the concept of this was like a um, exchange student type scenario where like when we got Howard, like a human got sent to the Duck World. Yeah. But following what what you said of like he's basically a, a marvel netflix character in the defenders i would love to see the duck fenders that takes place on their planet <laughs> where it's a group of duck people but with one human that got sent there and so you have have like duck devil uh <laughs> jessica duck duck cage and iron duck and then just this random human uh, but yeah and the humans the like their hulk and he, yeah. and he's just he just towers over everyone. He's like, you're some kind of superhero. I'm just tall. I'm just a tall person. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go into our final segment of the show, which is our reasons to recommend. So Grayson, I'd love to hear why you would recommend Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I recommend Howard the Duck. For the backstory of what Howard the Duck is, because I am not opposed to Howard the Duck showing up in other future Marvel movies. And I think it's helpful to have that context for who that character is. So um, I would love it personally if Howard the Duck showed back up, not just in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but primarily Thor Ragnarok. I think that is a good vehicle for him, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like a super trolly thing that Marvel might keep doing to like have him just show up like he does in the comics. Uh, so for that reason, prepare yourselves and just do your homework and watch Howard the Duck. Um, and Leah Thompson's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Here, here's why I would honestly recommend Howard the Duck. It is such a bizarre movie because i feel like people think that like oh man like people just come up with ideas and then they become a box office success that is fiction good sir Mm -hmm. or madam um this like this movie was like one of marvel's so far only box office flops um and it's so interesting to see it um in context to his time because again like this was this is like you know green lantern basically but back in the day like mm. it's just like oh man we have this character that people really like cuz howard the duck was really popular in the 70s you're like oh well, let's make a movie of, out of it and and it'll be really great and it just missed the mark um, and I, th- I think it's worth watching those movies um, because if we were to imagine the world where Howard the Duck was successful, like 
how many Howard the Duck films would there be? What, like, oh, totally, yeah. Like how how different would the Marvel Cinematic Universe look if that movie was successful? Like, I think that that movie failing um, kind of led to how everything in the future ended up being successful because they're like, okay, great, we tried that. Let's do something completely different. Um, and I think that um, they needed time to try these other different more successful and more easier to launch on properties to be able to get things like guardians of the galaxy you know right. like which is arguably an equally as ridiculous concept <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's like 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 i said film history is fun um is even with the bad ones th there are some laughable moments so it's definitely worth the watch because it is a comedy um, and just, I mean, the duck puns in the first three minutes of the film alone, I was just like, you know what? Maybe I could get on board with this movie because they go all out for the duck puns. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, it's an interesting thought though that you bring up that there is a world where uh, people are fighting over the intellectual properties of Howard the Duck and there's a huge Fox Disney uh, Sony war for this to happen. Um, I It would have been interesting to see if like this was a um, an ongoing thing and they kept making more movies where you have Howard the Duck and then you have like a second one where more ducks come and they call it like the Mighty Ducks patent pending. <laughs> uh, and then you have a third one called like Gary the Goose and it's the Duck Duck Goose trilogy. <laughs> I am in. Is my nose bleeding? I feel like my <laughs> nose is bleeding. Uh, only a little bit. Cool. <laughs> All right, everyone. So that is our review of Howard the Duck. Uh, let us know what you remember about Howard the Duck, if you remember it, on Twitter and Instagram. In both places, we are at Flashback Flicks. And um, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps the show to get discovered uh, so that people can be uh teleported to the land of flashback flicks where um every movie is a retro movie yeah she made some sense all right i'll yeah, take it yeah i can't argue that yeah <laughs> um on the scale of howard the ducks like one to five howard the ducks uh the more the the quackier um what did you think of this review? So on a scale of duck to duck, what did you think? Yeah, or from duck, duck, goose. Goose being the best. So the scale is one out of three. It's like okay. two ducks. It's like, okay, three, great. One duck, bad. One duck, bad. Coming this <laughs> fall to TNT. <laughs> He's a quack, I tell you. All right, um... <laughs> Starring Walton Groggins. <laughs> All right, and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.